Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Father, we realize time, and we also realize the signs. And Father, your words say we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. So Father, we just want to say right now, we want to thank you, Lord. We want to bless you, Lord. We want to lift up our hands in the sanctuary and bless you, Lord. We want to give a wave offering to you right now. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. We're going to be coming out of the book of Ruth tonight. While it's on my mind, the website seems to be jumping. It just keeps getting better and better. So y'all just keep getting that word out. And because uh, people are listening. That's why I say don't go by what you see. There's something working in the unseen. But that ain't all. We're in spiritual warfare too. Heavy. Heavy. We're in, we're in some heavy spiritual warfare. And it ain't because of doing what's wrong, it's because of doing what's right. Let him, let him know. It's not because of what we're doing wrong, but it's because of what we're doing right. That warfare against us is in the spirit realm. And some of the things that God, because every good and perfect gift comes from above, but some of the things are being intercepted. Some of our blessings are being intercepted. But that's all right. Because the Bible, the word, you know, the Bible got a word for that in Exodus 22-7, that if the thief be found, now we know who the thief is. thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan, the devil. You know, so we know who the thief be found. Now we know that's him that's doing the intercepting of our blessings. Bible says it's commanded that they got to pay back though. So whatever it is that's being intercepted right now from us, because God is doing some things. And while he's doing some things in our favor, some things that he wants to get to us are being snatched. It's being in heavy warfare as in the book of Daniel with the prince of Persia had to deal with, uh, had to deal with the prince of Persia for three weeks. Before the blessing could come down, the answer from God, you know. So God has got some things coming our way. And that's what we're going to deal with tonight. We're going to deal with a thing called marriage one-on-one. And it ain't like what you think, marriage. It ain't like that at all. Because y'all, you done been to every kind of marriage it is, and, and you know either you're going to do it or you're not. So it don't make, it ain't much made no difference which conference or seminar or whatever you went to because they can twist it and they can do it this way and they can do it that way. But you know what the bottom line is? God's way. If you just go right back up in there, deal with it God's way, that's what this thing all boils down to. Whether or not we're going to do it God's way or not. Now we're coming out of the book of Ruth today. It's a small book, Ruth. The, the, the word Ruth means trust. You ain't got no marriage if you ain't got no trust. Whether it's with God or whether it's with one another. I want to talk to you about that. Go to Ruth. How many of you are in Ruth? Are you there? Oh, good. Chapter 1. And we're going to go through this 
heart. Now we're going to be going through this book. We're going to do some certain places in it, in chapter 1 and chapter 2. And y'all bear with me. Dick, can y'all cut that center light on for me? That little piece right there. It says, now, N-O-W, now it came to pass. In the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. Did you not know that when judgment is upon us, judgment will bring a famine in the land? Because judgment will remove grace and bring in the law. And the law don't play with you. It don't play. Law don't play. Grace will give you a chance. Law, you ain't got no chance. Ain't you glad you ain't under the law? I ain't. Because some of the things that we do, we'd be stoned to death for. Would we? Ain't you glad we under grace? Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And guess what a famine was? In Bethlehem, Judah. That's the house of bread where we praise God. Let's talk about this tabernacle here. You ever had a famine in your land where you couldn't even praise God? Where no joy was in you? Where no rivers of water was flowing in you, that's a very destitute place to be. Am I right about it? And a certain man, could have been anybody of Bethlehem, Judah, the house of bread in praise, which is also the house of dust. Bethlehem is the house of dust as well as the house of bread. Judah means praise. But there was a famine in the house of praise. So this certain man went to sojourn or dwell temporarily in a country called Moab. We know that Moab lots for some, which means incest. And he and his wife and his two sons. So not only did this certain man take his inner spiritual essence, his wife, with him, but he also took the builders of the family of God in him, the two sons. The covenant that he had with God, he took it from Bethlehem, Judah, the house of praise, and took it to a place called Moab. Well, they didn't care nothing about God. You know how we do sometimes. We take God and we take it to the world. You know how we do. But he says in verse 2 that, and the name of the man was Elimelech. Because Elimelech means God is my king. Is not God our king? So it could be any of us, right? Certain man, I told you. Certain means anybody, whosoever. Whosoever will, let him come. And allow God to be your king. Now the name of his wife was 
Naomi. Naomi means pleasant. Now, those of us who know that God is our king, is it not true that our inner spiritual essence within ourselves, our wife, Naomi, which means pleasant, is not God pleasant to the souls of those who know him? But he's carrying this because of a famine in the church. He's carrying what should be over here flourishing, and he's taking it and everything he got to Moab, to dwell there. See, that's what we do sometimes. Can y'all bear with me tonight? Let me just bring this word. This good word. See, a lot of times what we do is we take God bless it. And instead of standing still, we get a little worried and perturbed about the situation. And we move to a place that God has called us to move. But I'm so glad that all things work for the good of those who love the Lord who have been called according to his purpose. You see, Abimelech and his family, he knew God and they knew God. But now, things happen along the way. Now, worry is the main strategy that Satan uses to cause our ability or to weaken our ability to trust God. Do you believe that? Amen. See, see, see. That's what we're up against now. That's part of that spiritual warfare that we're up against now, you see. Because, see, what Satan is trying to do is trying to get our mind off trusting God. He wants to weaken that. And one good way of weakening it is to cause us to worry because that will make you take your mind off God. So that's one of his chief strategies. Verse 2 says, And the name of the man was Elimelech, which, and his wife's name was Naomi. We already have deciphered that Elimelech means God is my king, and his wife is that place of pleasantness in us. Wife always came out the man, so we know it's talking about something spiritual. For kingdom dwellers it is anyway. But here's a problem here. Watch this. And the name of his two sons, that covenant that's supposed to be building for Watch what's happening here. This is what happened when a family in the land comes. He had two sons. One of them name was Malam, and one of them name was Chilion. You know what that means? Sick and failing. Wasn't it a family in the land? Now how in the world is that which is sick in you and that which is failing in you going to build God in you? So you see, they, that's why it was dry up there in Bethlehem, Judah, the, that place of praise. Because we got some sick builders in us. <laughs> we, got, we got Malam and we got Tilion. Sick and failing. Now, they uh, were Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab. And they continued there. They remained. Now, they were supposed to be going there temporarily, but they remained there. 
And watch what happened to them when you go down off in there. You're already sick and failing because you done dried up in Bethlehem, Judah. You, you know, you was coming to church, but now you're not. That kind of thing. You were listening. Shut <laughs> Mm-hmm. Now, boy, this word, I ain't got nothing to do with what this word, this is the Holy Ghost speak. I have no idea. All I'm doing is just speaking for God say speak. And a little late, Naomi's husband, look what he did, died. So God ain't king no more because he done died in you because see you. I went down off in there, Moab. So God ain't your king no more. You know what your king is now? What you see with your eyes, and what you feel in your emotions, and what you got in your back pocket, or what you don't have that you wish you had. And it ain't nothing but money because it got wings. It'll fly away like you will one day. And me too. So ain't no need in getting off turbed about that. Because money like life. One day you got it, one day you know. But I was with God. Nigga and I came into the world. Nigga and I leave now. Lord give it. Lord take it away. Bless it. In the name of the Lord. I'm still going to serve. I ain't got nowhere else to go. I don't know about you. I don't have no place else to go. Not and be pleasant. Because every time I try to go somewhere, I wind up most miserable. So he says here that Elimelech, which is God is my king, died. So if that aspect died in me, then Naomi. Ain't too pleasant no more. She was left, and what was she left with? Sick and failing. Oh my God. See, that's what you, that's all you left with. <laughs> I told y'all this is a good word. I tried to tell you. It's a lot up in here, too. We're going to roll tonight. And verse 4 says, And they took them wives. Who did? Sick and failing. So, see, old sick and old failing took wives down there in Moab in a place of incense. That's messing around with familiar spirit. We're going to deal with that in a minute. But they took wives from the women of Moab. Bad women. Bad inner cells. Make you do things you don't normally do. But now you done hooked up with them Moabite women. Mm -hmm. And you already sick and failing because you out of your country. You really messed up. It ain't going to be long before you die. Watch the word. So they took wives, women of Moab, and the name of one was Orpah. Orpah means stiff neck. Ain't they proud in the world? Can't tell them nothing. But then there was another named Ruth. Her name means trust. See, it's always something out there 
that don't want to be out there. But was born out there, was trying to come up out of there, Ruth. But then you got Oprah, stiff neck. I don't care what you say, I'm still going to do it my way. That kind of action. That kind of action. I'm, I'm going to do it my way. Okay, your way. Okay. It won't be long before your way gets you killed. I bet you. Now watch verse 5. I meant verse 4. And they dwell there about 10 years with them. Now let's go back up here and they took them wives of women of Moab. I want you to go to Leviticus 19.31. Because that's the more familiar spirits. Leviticus. What did I say? 19.31? Is that what I said? All right. Look what the Word of God says when you get there. Are you there? Look at the Word. Are we there? Leviticus. The Bible says, Regard not them that have, what kind of spirit? Familiar spirits. Neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. See all that run neck and neck. See, that familiar spirit, if you if, if you got old gossiping spirit, that old familiar spirit will come up in here and latch on to you and you, you know, y'all will hook up. See, that's why we keep telling y'all, how many people done got fooled by them familiar spirits and now they done got drifted on away? And they'll never get this kind of knowledge no way. Well, y'all know I'm telling the truth. You can't go out and pick this kind of knowledge up anywhere. Just be real about it. Be no fool up in here. Tell God the truth about where y'all, and let Him know that you're happy about learning something from God. Tell that. Tell your neighbor. But that familiar spirit, see, that old Moab spirit, it'll come up in here, and whatever it is, is gossip, fornicate, whatever it is, it'll latch on and it'll find, it'll go looking. For what's familiar with it. So it'll start whispering to try to figure out where y'all are. Y'all heard these bandits preaching to you the other night. And we're not going to let you forget it. So when you bust your head, you're going to remember. And you'll be too ashamed to come back, but you'll still remember. Because this one time, we're going to drill it in you. Because I'm tired of seeing the devil steal God's people. Tired of it. I'm tired of it. The Bible says don't regard them. Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honor the face of the old man and fear thy God. That's what he says to do. He said, stay away from them mobile women, them familiar spirit. Because you're going to latch on to it because now you sick and you failing. They are too. And you're familiar. So now you bored with what God wants you to have. And you bored with what God is telling you. Now you need some action. You need some gossip. You need to go out on the town for a while. Mm-hmm. Familiar spirits. Mm-hmm. 
Now, not only are you messed up, but you're messing up your relationship at home and everything else. I'm talking all of us. You come up in here, you might well get ready to get hit. Nobody up in here but me. I'll be right there on my knees. I've been there before. Ain't gonna stop me to tell the truth. Cause what won't grow here? God'll grow it somewhere else. He's growing it out there in the world. I'm looking at that thing and I'm just seeing I'm focused on that thing. So I'm, I'm fine with what God is doing. That's why I ain't worried about them little interceptors. You have them little kibbles and bits because I'm going to get the whole bag of bones here in a minute. Because I'm going to tell you something. When you paying back double interest on it, deep, now, now, now let me tell you something. That'll add up. So keep on, devil. But I'm going to speak a word in the atmosphere of that devil right now. I denounce you, Satan. I denounce you. Open up the portals of heaven. I denounce you. Now watch what God do. Watch I ain't got to roll on the floor and do all that. All I got to do is speak it in the atmosphere. God, that's all he did. I'm his son, so I'm speaking it. Same way. I ain't got to do nothing else. But sit back and watch God do it. That's all I got to do. Verse 5 says, And Malan and Chilion did what? Yeah, they died. They were already sick and failing when they went down there. And then when they hooked up with them Moabites, they really went down. Because them women don't take care of you down there. Yeah. And Manon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left, Naomi, of her two sons and her husband. In other words, she ain't got nothing left. Look at verse 15. Now, I'm going to skip over here to verse 15. Ruth returns with Naomi. Verse 15 said, And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law, O Oprah, O Orpha, look what she did, stiff-necked. She went back. She's gone back to her people. And unto her, G-O-D-S, with a little G. That means she got a whole lot of things that's hoarding over her life. Putting all, putting all kind of stuff before their own eternal soul. And you can look at Michael and see all your money ain't worth a human being if your soul ain't saved. And I pray your soul is saved. See, we running all of this stuff. But you see, you got to stay in contact with God every step of the way with this stuff that you're running at. Because it will drive you away from God if you're not careful. It's designed to do that if you're not careful. If you're not careful. Now the Bible says she returned back into her gods, her people, and returns out after thy sister-in-law. In other words, Naomi's pleasant. is trying to tell Ruth, who is trusting in what she sees in Naomi. See, Ruth looking for a change. Ruth tired of just having church. Ruth looking for a change. 
in the spirit right now. See, she's looking for something that's going gonna, that's gonna to make her want to run the church and hear a word and leave pleasant. Not leave vexed. Not that kind of stuff. So, she say, uh-uh. Verse 16 says, And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go. And where thy lodges, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. In other words, I'm trusted in what you got in you. And I'm following you. Because I see something in you, Naomi. It's very pleasant and pleasing. And I'm trusting in it because you see, I done been down here with you for a mighty long time. Something like 10 years. They were married. So I know you've been telling me about your God. I know Naomi been telling her about the God that she served. And through that, trust has been developed. Taking her away from the G-O-D-S that they were serving. But old Stephanie, she been hearing the same message that she ain't heard nothing. She went back to her people. <laughs> oh boy. Stephanie. Just up one day and just well go ahead. But Ruth, those of you that trust God, say, uh-uh, we're going to stick this thing out. Now watch what happens in the end. Let's go over here to chapter 2. Chapter 2, Ruth gleans in the field of Boaz. And Naomi, which means present, had a kinsman of her husband. He was a mighty man of what? Well, God has given us all spiritual blessings in heaven and place. He was a man of wealth of the family of Elimelech, the one who has made God their king, right? Hook it up now. And his name was who? Boaz. You know what Boaz means? Pillar in the temple. This is the temple. A pillar is something that'll hold you up. Sounds like God's spirit to me. Amen. What does it sound like to me? Go over here to Psalms 91 2. Psalms 91 2. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my what? Fortress. My God in whom, in him, will I trust. Fortress, Boaz, pillar in the temple. That's what I'm going to trust in, Ruth said. Verse 2, chapter 2 of the book of Ruth says, And Ruth the Moabite, that incestuous one, said unto Naomi, 
Let me now go to the field. We know that the field is the field of life. See, now they back up there in Bethlehem, Judah, now. And Ruth had put her trust in the God that Naomi been talking about. Now, they ain't down there in the life of the Moabites no more. She's in a new country. Like Abraham, she's sojourning in a new country now. And she said, now, in order for me to figure out what's going on out here in this country, I got to go out there in, in it. I want to go out in the field. That word field there means field of life. In that place where I am now. I ain't there no more. I know what's there. I want to go out in the field of this spiritual place called the kingdom of God. That's, that's, that's what she's talking about here, spiritual. Verse 2 goes on and says, Let me now go to the field and glean what ears of corn. What are ears of corn growing on stalks? At the head, don't they? She won't eat the bread of life that comes down from the book. After him in whose sight I shall find grace. Got to be Jesus. And she said, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the who? Reapers. You know that word reaper that means? Trouble and despair. The Bible says that we are troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We are perplexed, but we're not despaired. We are, what is it, destroyed or, or forsaken, but not destroyed. We are cast down but not forsaken. Is that how it goes? It's in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8 through 10. Trouble on every side, but not distressed. Persecuted or perplexed, which means confused, but we're not despaired. We're cast down, I think it says, but we're not forsaken. Is that how it goes? Somebody help me. Come on, I need some help sometimes. I can't remember all this stuff either. But I tell you what, we'll go with it. Persecuted but not forsaken, verse 9. Cast down but we're not destroyed. You see, those reapers, what the reapers were doing, they were reaping the trouble and the despair out of your life. They were in Boaz's field now. They were in the life of the kingdom doing the work. Now the Bible goes on and tells us that she went, Ruth, chapter 2, verse 3, and she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. After. See, she saw what was being done. She saw God's workers removing the trouble and despair out of life. So she said, okay, I need to go through and glean some of that. Because she had been through trouble and despair too. You know, they were like, 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 like you know, no man. And her hap, in other words, perhaps her chance was that to light on a part of the field belonging to who? Boaz, you see. 
who was the kindred of Elimelech. You see, what she was in hope of is that she would be able to glean food, bread, ears of corn from the part of the field that belonged to the kingdom of God. That's what her trust was. She didn't have nothing else. So she is here, she's saying, hopefully I can light on a part of the field belonging to Boaz, that fortress, that pillow in the temple. And then Boaz goes on and shows favor to her because in verse 4 it says, And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, the house of bread. See, that's where this pillar in the temple comes from. That's where your spiritual strength, that's what a pillar is. It comes from Bethlehem, the house of bread. Didn't he say, have meat on my table? They were out there in the field getting it, wasn't it? And Moab came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they asked him, The Lord bless thee. See, that's how they greeted one another. With a holy hug and a kiss. You know, they greeted one another like that. Even though he was a boss man. You see what I'm saying? He still treated them good. You know, they respected each other brothers and sisters, you know. They got a job to do, he got a job to do, but they still respect one another in truth and in love. Then Boaz said unto his servant that will set over the reapers, whose damsel is this? Somebody's watching you. Somebody's watching you. To see how you going to handle when things don't quite go the way you thought it was going to go. How you going to handle when the devil intercepts something from you? God could have sent him on that mission to see how you're going to handle it. Could have, I don't But it can work both ways because if you allow it to work, then you, then what will happen is your strength will be stolen from you and you'll start second-guessing God. And you will begin to weaken in your trust on your ability to trust God. And that's not a good thing because now the devil can really play on your mind and cause other things too to begin to play on you. So you got to ante up with that. See, so you got to stop it before it even gets started. You got to see it coming, stop it. You got to see it coming and stop it. We go on in the book of uh, Ruth, the second chapter, verse 6. The servant that was set over the reapers, he said, It is the Moabitish damsel. The Moabitish damsel. That word means because of her youthfulness, she deals in incestuous ways of familiar spirits. A damsel. She was young at what she was doing. See, she was young at trusting God, but she had enough sense to come out of that land that she was in and come into a new land and begin to sojourn in it. They say they came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. 
So what they did was they were speaking about who she used to be. They weren't speaking about who she was now. They only knew that where she came from and who she came back with. But they really didn't know at that time that she was truly trusting in God. But they'll see in a minute because she's going to get to marry the boss, the owner of the whole thing. Verse 7 says, and she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers along among the sheep. See, she knew that they was reaping that trouble and despair. So she said, okay, let me glean and let me do what they're doing and I'll get some of this stuff out of me too, some of this trouble and some of this despair. So she came and had continued. Watch what she did. She came, verse 7. Ruth, chapter 2, verse 7. Middle of the verse. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now. She didn't stop. When she got the breakthrough, she didn't stop. There is no room in the end. Remember? Once it starts, that's why Jesus was born in the manger and not in the end. There wasn't no room in the end because... There ain't no break in this that we've got going here. You see Ruth breaking? Watch this. Even from the morning, from the time she got a breakthrough on this trusting in God until now, she was doing what? Reaping. Reaping what? Reaping that despair and trouble out of her life. Some things is about to change. That she carried a little in the house. Just don't catch that. She only carried a little bit in these walls. She only carried a little bit in what she wanted within herself. See, sometimes we spend too much time in two places. Behind these walls, hooping and hollering, and behind these walls trying to get your stuff. Oh, I just busted you. Yeah. We do. And we kill ourselves. And as we kill ourselves, we grow poor and poor, not only financially, physically, and definitely spiritually. You can't get around God. You can't play on God and play yo-yo. You can't tell God that, hey, I'm just too tired. And I, what about when he was taking that cross up through there and he fell down on his knees? He was so tired till he got back up and they were kicking all on him. What about that? I got a feeling that the truth hurts. I got a feeling when the truth comes, people get real quiet. I got a feeling. I feel it, but I'm still going to preach it. I ain't stopping nothing. I'm going to preach that devil right out of here and right out of you. You stay up under this word, that devil got to go out of all of us. Because my job as a shepherd is to show us what we're doing wrong. Before we get so wrong that it ain't no comeback. Because what will happen is, 
Is that we keep letting it slide and letting it slide, and that's why I stop it at the beginning. Now after that, it's on you. What'll make you laugh, make you cry. I know what it's talking about. So look what happens here. No break. No break. If you'll go there and you'll work for that dollar bill and you tired, surely to God, you'll come and serve the Lord who created you. Ooh. Ooh. It's tight up in here. I didn't know it was going to be this tight tonight. But if this is what it takes, this is what it takes. Because we all love each other and the word hits all of us. Always tell you that. Now, verse 8 says, Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field. Mm -mm, don't go nowhere else. Neither go from thence, but abide here. Fast by my maidens. In other words, I want you to stay close to these infants, these maidens are infants in the same thing that you do. Trusting in God. They were infants in it. See, you don't put the infant with the old lady that no trust. They guide you, but they go by the instructions to put you where you can grow together. That's why them kids up there together, learning what they're learning, you see. The little one together, the big one together, you see. We together. She was instructed at her level that she was on to be with those that were on the same level, the maidens, the infants, in trusting God. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap. In other words, you watch them. And you go thou after them. Because they're going to show you how this thing is done. They got a little more. They've they, they they been here a little while longer, but they still in They still make. I want you to hang out with them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? The young men mean the immature things of God in you. Say, don't you stay away. They've already been instructed. Because they're just trying to contaminate some. And when thou art a thirst, go unto the vessels. Uh-huh. And drink of that which the young men have what? Drawn. So what God is saying here, that... I'm going to use these young whippersnappers in you, these things that are youthful in you, the immature things of God that are in you. And they're going to, I'm going to use their strength to draw the waters of eternal life out of that well that's inside of you. And when you get thirsty, you drink from what they're drawing up out of you. Okay? That's all he tells them to do. You see, so when you get thirsty, 
Then all you got to do is drink from that well. Well then, if that's all you had to do, then why is it that there was a famine in the land? Because of sick and failure? <laughs> you see? Because Boaz was still rolling when Abimelech and his wife and all went south, as I call it. Boaz was still rolling. Why? Because he had them young men, them young boys, them young men there, those young spiritual, immature things of God had them working. That's why we do what we do with these kids. And parents are hurting things. Because a lot of them are throwing their kids out from here. Don't never let your kids tell you what to do. You paying the bills. No, you get your butt when you belong. Playtime later. Right now is work. You play later. You have plenty of time to play. That's what's wrong now. Playing. Just playing laziness. Our kids got to do better. Because you know what? They wait no mommy and daddy to take care of them. They want you to make their bed up. They want you to clean up behind them. They want you to do everything. And guess what? People still end up to do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. When you going to kick the bird out the nest, Old bird done grew crow's feet and you still got them up in there. How long is it going to take? What is it going to take for you to die of a heart attack? Because if you're under my roof, then you're going to be going by my roof. And my rules is when the church doors open, you're going to be here too because I'm going to be here. And if you can't go by my rules, then you ain't got no business up in my house. No, that's old school. That's too old for you. Oh, y'all don't like it like that, do you? Y'all done brought that old new thing in. See, old folk just crazy as the new ones now. <laughs> See, I'm old school. Tell me. I tell you what, get your stuff. Get your stuff. No, I ain't calling no cab, and you ain't right. Get your stuff. I bet you they'll break down there and do right. Call me. Oh, you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. You ain't serious. You find out I'm serious when it's 20 below outside, you out there in it. Looking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Straight up. I ain't playing. So they, they drew this water in verse 10 and say, Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground, showing homage, and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes? I guess all of us could ask God that. That thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger. What is man that thou art mindful of me? And the son of man 
that thou visitest him. You made him a little bit lower than an angel, but now you crowned him with all in glory. I don't understand. What is man? The angel. What's up with this? And what's up with this gospel of salvation? I want to know more about it, the angel. Inquiring about it. So if we want to preach this thing too then. We don't know what we're preaching, but we want to preach it too, because we see some stuff going on here, so God, at the end of the day, give them a chance to fly through the air and preach this holy gospel. He granted them their wish, because there were two sons in the prodigal son. There was the older son, which is the angel, and there was the younger son, which is man. Man went on a journey and he fell into sin. Mm-hmm. And the angel couldn't understand. The older brother, look at here. Why? And God said, Because you've been here the whole time with me. But my young son, he was lost, but now he's found. Killed a fatty cat, put this ring on his finger, and the marriage suffered, you know. Y'all, you never heard it like that before. But that's the way it was. The angel was the older brother, and man was the uncle. Case closed. Case closed. They've been there the whole time with God. We the one went on a journey. <laughs> Eating swine, killing. You know, the only thing I've seen old hog won't eat is a watermelon rat. He'll eat that, <laughs> but he won't eat that rind. But that old barber down there, that pig swine, he's ready to eat that too. That's pretty rough. I've been there. That's pretty rough. But anyway, verse 11 says, I'm getting close. i got about two, two scriptures. And Boaz answered and said unto her, It has fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law, which is pleasant. See, she trusted her and she treated her good, Ruth did. Since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father, uh-oh, and thy mother, and the land of thy nativity, and are come unto a people which thou knewest not, Heretofore, go to Mark 10, 28 to 31. See, she left all, didn't she? Huh? And didn't she leave all? Now go to Mark. Mark 10. Mark 10. See, if a joker don't want to do right, then you're not obligated. No more. Mark, St. Mark, chapter 10, verse 29, 30, and I'll read 31 too. Are we there? And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that had left house, she left everything, or brethren, she left everything, or sister, Ruth left everything. Or father, or mother, she left everything. 
or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel, but he shall receive. Why? Because he trusted in God and left all of us. A hundredfold now in this time, he shall receive in this time. A hundredfold. Houses, everything you everything you left, he'll receive it back. Houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, children, land. But look here. It got to come with persecution. You see it there, don't you? You see it there, don't you? See, a lot of them don't, don't see that. See, this stuff don't come without persecution. We always, if it was that easy for us to just throw a rabbit up in the air and name it and claim it and say, get your stuff, then everybody would have it. It ain't that simple. Come on, y'all. Work. See, when you don't know it, when you're covering something somebody else does, you also covering the hell they going through to get it, too. Oh, yes, you are. So if you don't want to know a man, you need to walk a mile in his shoes first before you talk about you want to hang out with that. Talking about you want what he got. Okay. Okay. You might need to just take what God is giving you and work it. But not only will they receive a hundredfold, all this good stuff down here, but they'll, they'll do it with persecution, but they'll also, in the world to come, Gave eternal life. Well, that's a lot. That's all of the devil. But many that are first shall be last. And the last first, hold on. Don't grow weary in your well-doing. Because everything has an appointed time. Your time ain't my time. I might have a biscuit one day. You might tomorrow. And then some days we'll all have it together. That's how life is. That's how life is. So when I don't have, and you do, I hope I can get a piece of your business. And vice versa. It's called relationship. Marriage. You see? But now if you ain't built no relationship in your marriage, because that's all relationships are. You don't mess up. But look here. Go back to Ruth. And I'm finished. Ruth says, chapter 2, verse 20. The Bible says that the Lord recompensed thy work. Y'all see that? God said, I'm going to pay you back. Of what kind of reward? Full reward. Be given thee of the Lord God of Israel. Under those wings thou art come to root means trust. I want you to go to Proverbs nineteen seventeen. About the Lord said, I'm gonna pay you back everything and give you a reward for all the work you've done. That's that's the Lord said that. That's the promise, right? Proverbs. Book of Proverbs. 1917. The book says that he that has pity on the poor does what to the Lord? Lender. And the Lord shall repay him back everything that he gave, right? That's, 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 that's paraphrasing. That's what it's saying, right? 
the Lord is going to repay those that lend to the poor. Ruth says, the Lord says in the book of Ruth, that the Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord, God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Psalms 91, verse 1. Who that dwelleth in the secret places of the who? Most high. Shall abide under the shadow of the wing of who? Amen. So, whose wing, under whose wings, Ruth said, we come to do what? Trust. How? By dwelling first in the secret place, in the kingdom place of the Most High. And abiding under, not house of destiny covering, but the covering or the wings or the shadow of the Almighty, which has anointed this group to do that. It's all about trust in your marriage. Trust God, you have to trust your man. Trust is a dual factor. It comes from both ways. Too many times people want to be trusted, but they're not trustworthy. Too many times people, <laughs> I heard you, Andy. <laughs> I ain't trying to get that started up in here. But, I gotta talk about these things because we, we all need some help in those areas, you know. Now, as we trust God, we draw, He draws near to us, right? As we draw not Him. Trust Him. You ain't gonna draw close to Him if you don't trust Him. So there's a thing about trust in a man, any kind of relationship. Is that that will draw the other person that's involved in the relationship. And trust will build the centerpiece, the boy, the pillar. Trust will do that. And instead of one trusting, looking that way, the other one trusting looking that way, you begin to trust looking toward each other for the common cause. Because the common cause in marriage is that you do what you need to do together. You laugh together, you cry together, you happy together, you joyous together, you church together, together. That's what marriage is. And it's the same with God. Wherever you go, you go with God and you'll go with you. Together. You see. I can I can come here and, and, and speak about marriage to y'all all day long from some internet conference that they do. But that ain't gonna work for you. You got to have God in this thing. You got to understand if you can uh, see marriage between a man and a woman is the mystery of concerning Christ and the church. 
See, marriage is all about Christ and the church. Off the top. So see, we keep missing. That's why we got a church full of hell raisers. Not here in house of death, but I'm talking about the old. They be in there clapping and praising the Lord and stuff and wanting to kill each other. You you got you got women that think that they can praise God and not humble themselves to their husband. The Bible says that you've got to humble yourself, submit yourself unto your husband as unto the Lord. That's word. You cutting off your own blessing. You're killing your own self. You're killing your own marriages. Because we're too stubborn to say, hey, I'm sorry, we need to get this together. And start looking this way instead of that way. Because quiet is kept. I've had a lot of folk, women, in my life. I have been just a stomp down hole. But let me tell you something. I ain't never left one that I wanted to go back to. So ain't no need of you worrying about nobody going back over here because if they don't want it, they never would have left it. I'm going to preach up in here. I'm going to preach up in here. I'm going to straighten this thing out. It's got to be straightened out. Because you see, worrying is Satan's strategy that he uses to weaken us and our ability to trust God. And look at here. How are we going to trust God if we don't trust one another? How can you say you love God who you haven't seen and hate your brother who you have seen? And just because that's my wife, that's still my sister. You see, and I still got to be careful when I hurt her and let her know, baby, I'm sorry. I got to hurt up and get that because of the fear of God. Not because I'm feeling like, okay, maybe I'll just do this on GP. No, the Holy Ghost said, well, get it right. And you know what, women? The Holy Ghost ought to do that with you too when you act good. I'm talking about marriage. I'm talking about marriage. I'm talking about real marriage. I'm just talking about real marriage. Can we just get real about it? Because, you know, when you really look at the fact, marriage, and you understand that everything about marriage is concerning Christ and the church, that's rule number one. That's what they fail to preach and teach the people at the marriage. So they teach all this eloquent stuff that ain't worth a human being. That's number one. And what you do is you take number one and you build the house. Did you not know that the house is built in the spirit realm up here down? The foundation came from up here. That's the height of it. Jesus flipped it around. 
But the top is now here. And we build on it, but it's still being built from what's up here. Because it is up here. Because the Bible says that... Let me show you something. Let me see if I can find this. I might can find it. Because you really need to see this. Here's what theology is crazy too. Because you got all kind of old crazy theology out there. You know, why the Holy Ghost, why Jesus was down here, you know, uh, he left heaven and, 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 and wasn't nothing in the earth but the Holy, I mean, but Jesus. And then when he left, he brought forth the Holy Ghost came. Let me, let me show you something about Jesus if I can find Lord, help me. Because they need to see this. They really do need to see it. I want you to go to St. John, Matthew, I mean St. John 3, verse 13. I'm going to read verse 12 and 13. St. John, Brother John. Chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. Over there. The Bible says, If I have told you earthly things, and you don't believe it, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? So what I'm going to do, St. John 3, verse 13. St. John 3, verse 13. So now I'm going to tell you some heavenly things. Verse 13 says, No man, and no man have what? Ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is where? In heaven. So while he was down here on earth, he was still in heaven. You can't tell me anything. You can't tell me anything, preacher. You take your theology, and you know where you can go with it. I'm going to be nice tonight to him. I'm going to be nice tonight to him. But don't you feed me no bull crap. Jesus Christ is the almighty living God. He do what he want to. He be where he want to. When he want to. How he want to. Anywhere he want to. And the son of man, while he was here on earth, the Bible declares, he was still in heaven. No man has ascended into heaven except the son of man who has came down from heaven. And at the same time, who is in heaven. So don't play with me, with your theology. Because your theology will mess up the Christian church. And that's why they don't know the difference between Christianity and Christian dogma. They think it's the same. They even got it in the dictionary that it's the same because it's a ploy. It's not the same. Constantine, Christian dome, he the one brought that in. That's that Roman Catholic stuff. You got to be careful with that stuff. Those teachings. It ain't about how much good works you do in the world. It's about whether you truly believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God and that's the only way to salvation. But now you got them going to theological seminars and stuff, and 60% just graduate, don't even believe that Jesus is the only way to be saved. But what it is, is in Acts 4.12, it says that there is none other name under the heavens whereby man must, not can be saved, but must be saved. Acts 4.12. 
Now you tell me, is we going to believe this book? And when we out there among people who's going to try to get us, that's why you can't let them teach you when they come here. You're supposed to be teaching them. Evangelists told you they'll come up in here, they'll come up here broke, disgusted, don't know what to do, but then they'll come up in here and sit two or three weeks, and then they'll start trying to whisper teachings into your ear. No, you're supposed to be teaching them. That's what you're being designed to do and instructed to do. So then we have, what we have is marriages, God, marriages with our homes, marriages with our jobs, marriages with our friends, because their relationship is sometimes marriage. And what we're doing is, is that we're leaving the trust factor out. You ain't got no business dealing with nobody you can't trust, first of all. And what fellowship does light have with God? So why is it that marriages don't understand that everything we do is a mystery concerning Christ and the church? The Bible says, Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as unto the Lord. That's strong. That means you've got to humble yourself. But it goes on to say, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave his life for the church. So we ain't getting out of something. It ain't like we telling the woman to do something that would. Christ died. That means that we got to die for you if you are wise. Now, which is harder to do? Die for somebody or submit to somebody. The man got the harder job when you really look at it. The man got the greater responsibility. That's why sin wasn't sin until Adam sinned. Wasn't sin when the woman didn't mean nothing that the woman. If Adam hadn't been henpecked, he'd have told that woman to sit her tail down somewhere. But he was hinted. Now he done messed up the whole race of man. And guess what? If he hadn't did it, one of us other Adams would have did it. That'll be Larry. So, all because we hinted. And sometimes, you know, we go overboard trying to plead, you know, but we, we, and it's the same way with pastors. It's the same way. Pastor married to the congregation, but he don't want to hurt them. So instead of him telling the truth, he it's going to be all right. I'll buy you a diamond ring. Telling the people what they want to hear instead of what they need to hear. Because the church going to see, see, as long as the word is hitting us, we're going to be all right. As long as we keep 
can accept the word. But what I've seen since I was a pastor in these last 20, 21 months as a pastor, people, first of all, are not used to hearing the true word of God. That's first of all. So when they hear it, it's foreign to them. And they got so much crookedness in them. They've got so much imp in them. They've got legions in them. And they got all that stuff. You, 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 look, that thing was sitting in the congregation the whole time. I, I sit back here among the crew. Sitting here. Been there the whole time. Ever since the synagogue was built. Ain't said nothing. Did nobody know he was leaving? And then the big boy walked in one day. The real thing. And he go to Holland. <laughs> Flopping. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He been sitting there, didn't he? The whole time. Like he listened to the message. But he was full of legions. For there are many, he said. He said, what's your name? For we are many. For we are many. A legion runs, that's a Roman legion runs anywhere from six to ten thousand. Depending on who you ask. But we know it's six, six thousand foot demons. Foot soldiers. He's sitting over there full of them. You understand what I'm saying? You don't take but one to come up in here packing that or tear this thing apart. You, that's all I'm saying. Old Legion come up. Been sitting there the whole time. Wait to see who can get. But then the fire come. And when the fire came, after squirming, moving, spitting, rolling on the floor, you know, doing a, that Smurf thing, y'all ain't going to do it, y'all, because y'all told me not to do that no more. But anyway, you know, you want to see me do Smurf? <laughs> I'm not going to do it. But anyway, anyway, what happens is, is that he's sitting there, and Jesus comes in, and you know, when Jesus comes in, it's like he throwing holy water all over the place. He ain't said nothing. But you know what I'm saying, he come in sprinkling, the sprinkles go off from heaven. I'm demons go to hollering and shaking and that's why they be hollering and stuff up in there and doing all of that and then they get the they get the line up in here and they got them and they just go down and they just go to fall it and then they be rolling all on the floor and stuff. Read the gospel. Only thing he did that was the demon in them. He didn't do that until that holy water hit them. Now when that demon come up out of there, it's got to go somewhere. And you run around here like, lay your hands on no man suddenly. Now you up in there laying your hands, and I'm going to slide all around, and the not not a whole not a whole place is charged up. They call it the atmosphere. Yeah, it's atmosphere, all right. Now them people got to go somewhere. Now you all of a sudden you leave. And something ain't quite right. All of a sudden, your blood high, your head hurting. Something crazy going on. Something ain't right. Because you've been in the mix. You done got to be. See, see, when you see 
that going on. It's time for you to get over here out the way because you you got to understand what's going on. See, I know about these things. You got to know what's going on, children. You got to hold up. Because Jesus will cause some things to come up out of you. Now, when they come up out of you, they got to go somewhere. Now, the worst folk that's doing this is them poor folk. Because they preaching this gospel of fake hope to them. And what's happening is, is that poor folk, they latch on to this stuff. And they get that mentality that, hey, I got to give a word from the past. Because they got that old plantation mentality. I got to give a word from the past. No, you need to give a word from God. That's what you need to do. See, I'm going to teach my people right. Now, what you do with it is on you. But I'm going to teach you right. You look in the gospel, and you see who it is that's acting up up in now. You see. You see. I preach about this constantly because people can't help me to bring that in here. And it once in a while they try, and I stop it. But that's why. Because when you look in that Bible, the only one you see, just like the boy throwing himself in the fire. You know, how long have you been doing this? Well, how long have you been doing it? Ever since he was 12 or all his life or what? But anyway, it's a condition. You know what it's called? Pavlov's law. Pavlov was that, what was he, a Russian or a German? He was a Russian or either a German philosopher or, 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 or some type of psychiatrist. And what he would do was he rang a bell to a dog, and that dog knew that it was time to eat. So he would feed it. But one day, it's called classical conditioning. That's what the church is. They've been classically conditioned to do these things. So when they get charged up, there they go, you know, and they ripped up there now. But the food jump. The bell's still being rang, but the food jump. Catch it, I said the food dog. See, Pavlov, what he would do was, after a while, he stopped But he still ran the Ding, 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 ding. Old dog gets to swabbing at the lip, because he thinks it's child time. And he going, <laughs> he going through the motions. He going through the motions. He's doing it every. But he ain't getting nothing to eat. Pavlov's law. Look it up. They've been classically conditioned to do it just like that. And my job is to usher in a new day, a new kingdom, the real way. That's my job. It's time for us to move out there and get a real word from God and understand. I'm talking about what this is saying. That's what time it is. Show me in the book. Pull the sheet off the word and show me a revelation from God. Not something you done picked out the air. 
I don't want to hear that. What I want to hear, everything that you tell me out of, out of the realm of heaven, I want you to show me. Show me. If you can't show me, you don't say nothing to me about it. I don't want to read nothing. I don't want you to show me nothing. There's some good books out there. But they are coordinated. You understand what I'm saying? But now, there's some books out there that'll twist your mind, too. Oh, yes, it is. There's some books out there that'll have you worshiping Satan, and you think you're worshiping God. Oh, they're out there. Yes, they are, too. Under the skies of Christianity. Oh, yes, it is now. Okay. You don't want to believe me. It's some Bible. This Satan. It's called Holy Bible. Now, who in here got a different version of a Bible? What you got? Amplified? Who? Let me see. Let me see what the Amplified got. Show you something. You gotta be careful. Go here to Matthew, St. Matthew, chapter 17, verse 21. Line the scriptures up. It's all right to have, but always try to have the basis of the original as possible. Matthew 17, verse 21. Remember when they were trying to throw them... Some disciples trying to get them, get them demons out of them, that man, and demon wouldn't come out. What did verse 21 say? Matthew 17, verse 21. How be it this kind goeth not out but by what? Prayer. And what? Fasting. There's a conjunction there, and. Prayer and fasting. Bullet and a gun. Right? All right. What's yours say? Okay, yours got the, he got the right thing. But now, if you can go online and find the King James Version, I mean the NIV or the, all these other versions, most of them took out the fasting. And some of them took out the whole verse. The Good News Bible, I think it took out the whole verse. Yeah, go and make 1721 and measure it up. Go, go to some of them other. And some of them don't even have it in there. And most of them have prayer but not fasting. Well, that's like having a gun without a bullet or vice versa. Jesus said this one go out by fasting and by prayer and fasting. You see? So we have to be careful. That's all I'm saying because it's tricky. It's tricky. Have you got parallel Bibles there? In your... You got one? Oh, you, yours got food? What the living say? Yeah. 